hi, welcome to This is Sober. I am Molly Desh, your host and sober coach. And today I am super excited for this guest because first of all, I am about to take my first adults only sober vacation. Um, I'm going to Bali on Tuesday and it'll be the first time I've traveled abroad without alcohol, like being a plan. Um, so I'm so glad that she's on the show today. I'm going to pick her brain about that a little bit. Um, so my guest today has been living alcohol-free since 2021. She realized the profound effect alcohol was having in fueling her everyday anxiety. Over the course of the last two years, she has completely reimagined her life and has learned to live aligned with her values. She is a certified naked mind coach and is passionate about educating others on how they can change their lives by changing their relationships with alcohol. As a lifelong explorer, she brings her work to the world through coaching and global, global, sorry, global sober curious events. Welcome to the show, Amy Hill. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Molly. I'm so excited to be here today. I love talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, this couldn't have come at a better time. Um, I feel like the universe put you on my calendar today for a reason. So I'm super excited to talk about all the things um, that you've learned in your sober journey. And then if we can dive into sober traveling, um, I was talking to a client earlier today and she loves to travel too. She was um, an ESL teacher in um, South America, Asia. Um, so she wants to get back on the traveling wagon, but is kind of nervous because, you know, every time you go on vacation, it's, it revolves around alcohol, right? So um, I feel like this is an excellent conversation and people are going to learn a ton from you. So super excited to have you. Yeah, no, I think it's such a cool topic because, you know, like in my journey personally, and from so many of people I've talked to, when we remove alcohol from our lives, it's this process of learning to do everything in our lives, you know, sober without drinking. So we learn to go to parties and we learn to do happy hours and work events and all of that stuff. But, you know, most of us don't travel as often. So we don't have the chance to really practice going on vacation and not drinking. So, so often, I think this is kind of one of the last things we learn to be sober. And even when we're really strong in our, you know, alcohol-free lifestyle, some stuff can still kind of come up around it because we haven't done it before. So it's really yeah. a cool thing, I think, to discuss. And, um, you know, it's such a interesting topic to talk about because I just, it's not something that comes up in our everyday lives. Yeah. I love that you said that because, um, after my first year of sobriety, me and my boyfriend took, um, a little like weekend getaway, um, just in a town, not too far away. And I was like, Oh, I haven't had a drink in over 370 some days. Like I'm doing good. I can have a drink, you know, that was like my first time, my first, you know, exposure to like a vacation and then tempting myself. So I, I love that you brought that up. You know, we have to practice going on vacation and then, you know, COVID did a number two, right. You know, you couldn't go anywhere. So anybody that's within the last like three or four years sober, it's a real thing. You probably haven't practiced traveling, right? Yeah, absolutely. So many of us, you know, until maybe the last six months or so, we haven't been able to go and do like those big trips or, you know, those bucket list trips. So, you know, if you quit drinking within the last three years, 
your whole perspective around this has completely changed. So it's it's an interesting time to be be thinking about this and doing this work. Well, I want to know a little bit more about you. What led you to your sobriety? Can you share a little bit about your story? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think my story sounds like a lot of other people. I kind of started dabbling with high, um, alcohol in high school. And then as I got into college, it just became part of my life. I drank, everyone I knew drank, and I was something that I did on a very regular basis. And then about 10 years ago, I moved to New York City. I absolutely love New York City. I love the energy there. I'm so happy for all my time there. But drinking is a huge part of the culture there. And over the years, it got to a point where basically if I wasn't working, I was associating alcohol with all of my activities, you know, so you like go to the park to hang out on the weekends and you take some wine or you go to a museum and then you have a cocktail in the cafe upstairs or, you know, it was just really associated with everything I did and kind of without realizing it, I was drinking probably five days a week, um, not always excessively, but very, very consistently and what was happening for me over that same time period is my anxiety was just getting worse and worse and worse. And finally, you know, there was just some little voice in my head, call it intuition, call it whatever you want. But I was like, this has something to do with the alcohol. Like I just knew. And so yeah. I really, I started researching a lot and I started Googling a lot. And this was like 2018, 2019. So even then there wasn't the same conversation there is now around sober curiosity and all of that stuff. And so I finally um, stumbled across this naked mind by Annie Grace. And that was the first place that I saw it like laid out in a very like specifically scientific thing of like, yeah, drink, this is what happens to your body. This is how it makes you feel. And it was like a light bulb just clicked for me. Um, yeah. The so, same thing happened to me when I read that book, I was like, oh my gosh, it, it gives you like a whole different perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so from there, you know, I read the book and it's so interesting because I had all of the information. I had all of this like scientific reasoning, but I didn't just like quit drinking one day. Right. And what finally happened for me, was like kind of during the the darkest part of that first winter of COVID, I was staying with my mom and she doesn't drink and we weren't going out. And so I just said, you know what, I'm going to take a little break. I just quit drinking, but I was able to do it very quietly because no one noticed. So I didn't have to talk about it, which was really helpful for me. And after about three weeks or so, like I just felt this really intense physical change in my body. And it was like, it really felt like a physical weight had been lifted for me. And I was like, oh man, I was right. Right. And so from there, I was completely hooked. It took me maybe another six months or so to kind of completely take it out of my life. But since then, I'm I'm never going back because the way I feel now not drinking is night and day to how I felt when I did. And I think part of that, like we were talking about earlier, is I was just so used to drinking. I didn't have any context for a life without alcohol. I didn't know how to do everything without it. So going through that process of really learning how to live my life without drinking was huge for me. And once I did it, you know, I think it's one of the best things I've ever done. So that's Well, I mean, like you, yeah. like so many other people who start drinking so early mm -hmm. and so I think of it like, okay, well, I'm in like high school and then college, and then you get your own place 
you know, you're like drinking through this whole time. Mm -hmm. Like you just don't ever learn like real social skills or adult skills. Like, Mm -hmm. and so when you quit drinking, you have to learn that stuff all over again. Right. I love that you said I got hooked on it. You got hooked on sobriety. That is awesome. I love that. Yeah. I just really got hooked on how much better I feel. And it's so interesting, you know, when you're not living with that kind of like, for me personally, I was describing it by the end. Like I had the sense of constant impending doom, right? Which is not really motivating to get anything else done in your life. So like, as soon as that was gone, I was like, oh my gosh, I can do anything I want. Like, and so it was just, it was really amazing to me. Well, that's really cool. I love that for you. And so you've gone on now. So you're certified naked mind coach. Just tell me about that. What got you into that? Yeah. Well, you know, it was kind of after I had this amazing realization and I was thinking about my own journey where I had this intuitive thought that the drinking and my anxiety were related, but no one was talking about it. No one told me that I'd been in therapy for years. My therapist never told me like, you know, and so I just, it became really important to me to be able to share what I had learned. And like, you know, I had this thought in my head, if I could help one other person out of the situation I was in, one other person that didn't realize that connection, that would be more than enough for me. And, you know, I really like the naked mind approach. And so I signed up for the coaching certification with them and, you know, just going through that whole process, obviously learning how to coach and learning how to like help other people change their lives was huge, but also that process was really transformative for me too, because, you know, when you're learning to coach other people, you inevitably learn a lot about yourself, which was, yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. And you're also the founder of Then She Went. Tell me about that. Yeah. So travel has always been super important to me. I've always loved it. I've been to probably, I don't know, 35 countries or something by this point. You know, I've studied abroad. I've lived abroad. I've done all of this stuff. So when I quit drinking, I realized like there is a real place out there for women who want to travel and they want to do it without thinking about alcohol. So I do kind of differentiate myself from like a retreat because, you know, there's so many retreats you can go on. You can go on yoga retreat or meditation retreat. And I've done all of those things and I absolutely love it. But sometimes we just want to go have fun, right? Like it doesn't always have to be about working on ourselves, which is so important, but sometimes you just need a break. So with Then She Went, we just go and we have a really good time. And since you're traveling with other sober women, it's understood we're not going to drink. It's not something we even have to think of. And it just becomes a non-issue. And it's really, it's so amazing. That is such a clever idea. I've never heard of that before. So you're like a sober tour guide almost. Yeah, basically. And, you know, I've been calling it sober curious adventures because, you know, I don't even feel like you have to be, you know, hundred percent certain that you want to be sober for the rest of your life to enjoy this. Um, kind of like where I was, there are people that are wondering, you know, how could you live your life without drinking? What would it be like to travel sober? So with my travels, I just ask that you're in a place where you can comfortably go a week without drinking. This isn't necessarily a place to go to break the habit. But as long as you're in a place of sober or sober curiosity and you want to spend a, you know, a vacation without drinking, it's for you. And then you get to meet other people that are in the same place 
And building that community, I think is also really important as well. You know, meeting other people that are kind of doing life the same way you are is so, so fulfilling. Yeah. If you don't have that sober community, the people that get where you've been and the journey that you're on, it's really hard. It can feel pretty lonely. So you bring people together. Tell me about the process where like how you're picking locations. How do you get people to sign up? Because I'm sure there's people listening like, oh my gosh, I want to do this today. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, basically my um, process for picking locations so far is just been, I take place or I take people to places that I really love. So, you know, um, we just got back from a trip to Mexico. My, um, I've been going to Mexico since I was a little kid. My, I grew up in Arizona. So, you know, it's always kind of each we could go to, but, um, I feel really comfortable there. My mom has been living in Cozumel, which is an Island just off the coast of Cancun. It's absolutely beautiful. And I love it there. So I planned a trip there so I could like share this place. I really love with other people. So and um, everything I do is posted on my website. So I just kind of got done with this round of trips for the spring. I'm in the process of regrouping and planning the next um, set of, you know, tours that I'm going to do. Mexico is definitely going to be in there again. I'm thinking about doing Guatemala, which I'm really excited about. So all of that information, you know, I just share as it's coming up. That's cool. And people, what do they just join your mailing list and then yeah, you let them exactly. know what's coming up? Yep. Exactly. Okay, cool. My mailing list. I let everyone know what's coming up. And then, you know, I share other stuff too, just about, you know, what I've learned traveling sober and, you know, different places that I've seen and really love. So. Yeah. So I want to talk about that. What are some of your tips for traveling sober? Yeah. You know, so I really thought a lot about this and, you know, in the beginning, I think what comes up for a lot of people, and I will use having a glass of wine in Italy as an example here, right? Because I think people, and a lot of this is cultural conditioning and just so much of the stuff we see through the media, but they're like, how could I possibly go to Italy and not have a glass of wine, right? Right, exactly. And Exactly. And what I start talking about with people is, okay, you want to go to Italy and you want to have a glass of wine. And is it really because you want to have a glass of wine or is it because you want to have the peak Italian experience, right? Yeah. In our mind, we have conflated having the absolute perfect experience in these places with drinking very specific things, right? Yeah. So what I really have gotten into is like, okay, I want to have a really amazing experience here, but is it really about a glass of wine? Probably not. So I'm going to go, I'm going to try all of the food. I love eating. I think it's so special. I'm going to be in the restaurant. I'm going to hear people all around me speaking Italian. I'm going to look at the street signs where everything's so different. And I'm really going to take all of that in to let myself know like, wow, I'm having an experience here that is unlike anything I've ever had before. And the wine really has nothing to do with it, right? That is just something that's been culturally conditioned into us it's part of the package and it's not necessarily true. So I think that's a big part of it. And then the other thing that's really come up for me, and this has been such a cool thing I didn't expect, you know, often when I would travel, um, I would be sitting and, you know, I travel solo a lot too. So there always comes like kind of this time in the afternoon, right? When you've like done all your tours and you've done all of your stuff and you have a little bit of a lull. 
in past me would have just like gone to a cafe somewhere and had some lunch and had some wine and like complimented myself because I was living this like very like European experience or whatever it was or I would be on the beach and I would run a drink but what I've learned to do now is I've um started painting again so now I sit on the beach in the afternoons and I paint with my watercolors or I will take that time to like do some writing or I'll go sit somewhere and just like really observe what's around me and I think finding something I really really love to fill that time that I used to spend just kind of sitting somewhere and drinking has been really cool for me it's been really magical so that's another thing that I like to talk to people about is what's something else you love that could really fill the time that you used to spend just kind of zoning out with alcohol right well and then not only that but you have all of these memories that you're making I feel like you know for me anyways and for a lot of the listeners you know when we go on vacation it's like we go balls to the wall you know it's like we are going crazy and we are drinking all the things all day every day and like how much of that trip do you even remember so when you're, when you've got a sober mindset and you're doing all the things and then you have that lull and maybe you do, you want to take a nap or maybe yep. you want to journal or paint something or whatever. I mean, you're filling that time with something that's rewarding for yourself, but you're also making space for these memories. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting to me to stop this up. And like I said, we got back to Mexico and one of the women that was with me, she's super health conscious. She owns a CrossFit gym. So, you know, she has her Fitbit and all of this stuff. And by like the third day, she's like, Amy, my sleep's been amazing. I have like a 90% rest rating on my Fitbit. <laughs> she was thrilled, but you know, I was so happy because that's the other thing that I've really learned about traveling sober is you really can rest and you really can reset and do all of that stuff. So when you get back, you feel really good. You feel like you've been rejuvenated and it's not like you need a vacation right. from your vacation. So it's it's just awesome. You know, that's interesting. I guess I never really thought about that because all of my vacations, when you get back, you're like, oh, I need like two days before I can go back to work just to relax. Mm-hmm. So you found, and this is from you because this is like my first big vacation trip. You found mm-hmm. that you actually do feel energized and rested when you're not drinking on your trips. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the travel home is always hard and you get back and you're a little tired, but you're not like wrecked because of what you've been putting your body through for a week. It's just, it's really, that's been a game changer for me as well. That's very cool. So um, tell me about what are the, some of the things that you do on these trips with these, is it just women or is it men and women? Yeah. You know, right now I'm just focusing on women that may change over time, but you know, that's really who I'm doing a lot of this just by feel right. So that's really just yeah. what I've been called to do this with right now is just, you know, groups of women who want to connect with each other. So that's definitely been my focus for, for the time being. And, you know, um, as this grows and evolves, as I'm sure it will, um, I might start opening it up to couples and other people like that. But as of right now, we're doing women. That's very cool. I was looking at your Instagram earlier and it's like, Mm -hmm. you were doing some zip lining. You were at the beach. What were you guys drinking on the beach? I saw it kind of looked like a margarita. You think beach margarita, but it wasn't. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, (laughs) another one of these stories. So someone was like, oh God, I could die for a margarita right now. 
And I think once again, I don't think it was so much because she wanted a margarita that she was in Mexico and she had this like association with like, you have a margarita. I was like, oh no, I got you girl. And so we um, ordered this thing. It's a, called Agua de Pepino, but it's this like really traditional drink that they drink in Mexico. And it's basically just like pureed cucumber with lime. And then I asked them to throw a little bit of mint in there. It's absolutely delicious. It's so refreshing. And it really like scratches that urge of like having something on the beach that you don't normally have. It's something new and unique. So um, yeah, we definitely have those. Um, one of the cool things about being in Mexico specifically is they do have this culture of like so many different fruit juices and the Agua del Dia, which is, you know, you can get hibiscus or lime or all of these just different really refreshing things that are exciting because we haven't had them before and we're not used to drinking them all the time. That's but, fun. Yeah, yeah. But then as far as other stuff that we did on this particular trip, we um, went on a really cool tour where we went to the Mayan ruins of Coba, which are about an hour outside of Tulum. And we explored those on our bicycles. I have a fantastic Whoa. tour guide who um, has been trying to learn to speak the Mayan language. And so he was like translating stuff for us and telling us all about those communities. Um, you know, then we have lunch in one of the villages with the families there that grow their own food. So we were like, you know, touring through the gardens. Um, we went and did some zip lining in the forest. It was actually pouring rain. We were oh, no. racking up. By the end of, you know, it was one of those things where it was like just so wild you couldn't help but laugh, right? At the end of the yeah. tour, we had to kind of like paddle across the lake and the little boat was filling <laughs> up with water and we were just laughing because like what else are you do, right? <laughs> so we did that. We definitely spent a lot of time at the beach. Um, we did like a two-hour shamanic breath work session. It was just I love doing that was really cool um we did like a sunset cruise because the sunsets there oh my gosh yeah so it was just like a lot of really really fun stuff with a lot of time to relax in between we did you know yoga in the morning on the beach and yeah just had a really great time that's so cool are you guys renting airbnbs or do you know people that live down there that let you stay yeah, so this particular time we stayed in a property that I know um, right on the beach. So it was a hotel. We had hotel rooms and we were just staying right on the beach. So we had the pool and the view and I knew it offered yoga and all of that stuff. But um, I definitely want to do on my next trip, I want to rent like a little a little villa essentially so we can all stay yeah. together and then have our own pool and be closer to downtown. So yeah. What are you thinking for some upcoming trips? Yeah, well, like I said, I definitely want to do Mexico again because that was amazing. Um, I want to do Guatemala. Um, so I have a friend down there that owns an amazing property. It's kind of in the middle of the jungle. And so this is definitely for my more more adventurous souls. But um, so basically you go, we would spend a day or two in Antigua, which is this beautiful colonial town right outside of Guatemala City. And then we would take like basically an all day bus ride um, into the jungle. And then you get in the back of a pickup truck and you <laughs> like go up into the mountains and then you hike into this property for like half an hour or so. And so you are super, super secluded. And it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever. Oh my gosh, seen. that sounds amazing. Yeah, so cool. And there's a river that runs through it. And then you, you know, one of the things we do is this like day hike to these, um, 
limestone caves. And so you like you're swimming in the limestone pools and then you can go in the caves and explore them by candlelight. And what's really interesting about Guatemala that I love is, you know, the Mayan culture is still really strong down there too. So, you know, you can learn how to like make chocolate from scratch. And then, you know, we go hike in the area. Um, there's some different ceremonies that they do that's just really special. And so that's one of the next ones I definitely have on my bucket list. I'm um, also, as we mentioned right before we got started, I'm living in Brazil now and I'm learning a lot about Brazil. So I definitely want to start bringing women down here as soon as my Portuguese gets just a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go sign up for your newsletters. You may see me on a trip coming up very soon. Oh, I would absolutely love that. Yeah. And I just love being able to have this opportunity to talk to people about it because, you know, it's like as soon as they start talking about this, it's like, sign me up because I think, you know, we all are craving adventure in our life and we're all craving community. So. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's something that's kind of missing in the sober community is this, the sense of being able to get out of your house, get out of your comfort zone and go explore. And when you're in a group of people that are also sober, even if it's just for the week, like you don't feel that pressure. You don't feel that need, that pull to have a drink or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And what I think is really interesting about it, um, when I do spend extended time among groups of people that are sober, it kind of transcends like not feeling pressure to a point of it's not even something you're thinking about. Right. Which is so nice, you know, and we don't often, given the way our society is, there's not a lot of times in our lives, unless we're at home, where alcohol just isn't really around or discussed or considered. So giving ourselves the space just to spend a week where it's just not even something we're thinking about feels really great. Well, and you're also allowing people to get comfortable being out and about without alcohol, because that's something that people, a lot of people struggle with at early sobriety mm -hmm. is being comfortable around other people, whether you're at a restaurant or, you know, I mean, just sitting on the beach, you know, everybody else is having their, their beautiful little drinks and where's mm -hmm. mine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, it's such a cool experience to have that. And then, you know, then you have people too, that you spent a week with someone and now you have someone that you could call in two or three weeks or a month or whatever, you know, all of a sudden you have more people that you can connect with and talk to about your journeys and what you're going through and what you can learn from them and what you can teach them. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, something that I, I tell people often um, when they're trying to integrate back into society after sobriety is, you know, if you want to go, you know, out to dinner, like that's a very pretty safe space in general, um, you know, look at the menu ahead of time, see if maybe they have any mocktails or like, you know, refreshing beverages that you could have. But when you're in a foreign country, a lot of that, you know, it's in a foreign language, like, I don't know what to order, like, what do you recommend there? You know, so one of the things that I also use for like a little tip is before you go anywhere, learn how to order sparkling water in whatever language is, right? So that is just like such an easy to go to. So when someone's like looking at you and you don't know what to say, so just have that in your back pocket. So at least you can order something, right? Um, so definitely that. And for me personally, like I'm a big researcher. So before I go anywhere, like I start researching, like, 
what are the non-alcoholic drinks here? Like I went to Columbia about a year ago and I never had been to Columbia before. So I was like doing this deep dive into all of the things that are, you know, things that they have on their menu just normally that are non-alcoholic. So I was super excited. So by the time we sat down to dinner the first night, I was like showing my boyfriend, I'm like, look, I can order this or I can order this. And I read about <laughs> this thing. And so, you know, so then you're excited. And what's kind of cool about that, especially if you're in a group with like other drinkers, if you order something that they've never heard of, they're like, ooh, what's that? And then everyone's like kind of like excited about what you're drinking and they're learning something. And quite honestly, it's a lot more fun than like ordering a glass of wine or a beer. Right. You know? Yeah. You can get that back home. You can get that anywhere. Yeah. Like it might be a locally brewed beer, but like at the end of the day, like, is it really that different? No. Right. So, well, I think that's a great idea. Research ahead of time, you know, maybe pick out a couple of restaurants and see what the, the local beverages are that are unique to their culture. I love that idea. And sparkling water. Okay. So I'm going to look up, see how I can, how I can say that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting, you know, just going different places. Um, but you know, they kind of call it different things because sometimes it'll be mineral water. Sometimes it's water with gas. And so just feeling confident that you can have something to say makes such a big difference for me. Right. When I just know what I'm going to order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said earlier, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and you know, at the end of the day, there's diet Coke everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) that's true. That's true. Yeah. So tell me about your coaching business. Aside from the traveling, what else do you do? Um, Yeah, so I've also been starting um, one-on-one coaching. And so people that are just looking to, you know, change their relationship with alcohol, um, specifically focusing on people who think there might be a connection between their anxiety and alcohol. And then the other thing that I'm just launching is, because this is such an important thing to me, is I'm launching just three, oh, sorry, free 30-minute calls for anyone that's worried about traveling for the first time and just wants to be coached through it. No strings attached, but I got to thinking about it. I'm like, you know, this is something I can really offer to people because this is not something like we talked about that comes up that often. So yeah, definitely another part of my coaching that, that I'm launching and I'm really excited about. Oh my gosh. I love that you're doing that because it can be such a, um, it can be such a hindrance to people wanting to go travel. Like I said, I was talking to this client earlier today and she travels all over the place as well, but this would be the first time, you know, going into it, knowing that she's not going to drink and, um, you know, she's even, kind of said to herself, well, I don't want to go that place because then, you know, I'll probably drink. So, you know, taking locations off the table because of the alcohol factor, I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice. So offering, you know, a free 30 minute call. Like if you have some anxiety, maybe you got a trip coming up, call Amy. She can help you. She can walk you through what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, there's so many different things and, you know, some people are worried about it. Some people want some like very specific strategies, like we've talked about. Some people just want reassurance, like you can do this. Sometimes, you know, it's a little bit of a mindset work, like, okay, um, what, what am I romanticizing about this? I think just a little bit of prep before you're going to give you that confidence that, you know, you can get through it can really change your whole experience for that trip. 
Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much. What other, do you have any other tips or anything else you would want to share? Oh gosh. I think, I think we really just covered a lot of it. The only thing, you know, I would say just to kind of circle back around what we were talking about at the beginning is, you know, this can seem like a big deal because it's not something that we've, we've done before. So just really give yourself the grace to know, you know, I've gone through this journey to get sober, to start living alcohol free. I absolutely have the capacity to do this thing or do this thing because I've done hard things like this before. And this was just one more step in the path. So I just really want to encourage everyone out there. You can totally do this and it's probably going to be really great. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your insight. I'm so happy that you were able to come on here and talk about sober traveling. It's not something that I've actually ever heard anybody else talk about. So kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun conversation.